0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Radio Entrepreneurs 2023. Who ever thought we'd get here? And it's going to be another roller coaster year. But with that roller coaster comes, we still have entrepreneurship. It's the basis of our economy, basis of uh, job creation. And I'm really happy about our partnership with uh, Valiant and uh, the Completely Cannabis Show because cannabis is going to become only bigger. And better and more professionally run in 2023, and I want to I want to welcome back uh, our my partner from cannabis. Uh, welcome back!
1: Thank you very much. Happy New Year!
0: Thank you. Happy New Year to you. Uh, and do you want to introduce our guest? I'll I'll give you the the benefit this time. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. So uh, today we have uh, Ross Bradshaw with the New Dia Dispensary. So we've had the privilege of building out the New Dia Dispensary. It's right across the street from Fenway Park, uh, basically in the basement of um, the Cask and Flag Inn. Uh, it's a flagship uh, bar right on, in Fenway, right, on, um, right by Jersey Street and um, uh, or Lansdowne Street. And uh, Ross has kind of pioneered through the whole Boston city permitting and been able to somehow get his way into into boston and be able to get that specific location so i want to introduce ross and kind of hear your story
0: appreciate it and ross i've heard it's quite a story so if you could give us a little bit of your background and how you evolved into this position i think that'll be very interesting for our listeners as well
2: yeah definitely um I got involved in cannabis about eight years ago, so prior to cannabis, I was a uh, CPA working actually in downtown Boston in the financial district, um, and at that point in time, medical marijuana was legalized here in Massachusetts. And um had a lot of friends and folks are interested in this industry seeing how we evolved from california and 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 the big piece um then and even still now is like how do you get a license right it's the one question that you always hear is like how do you go about getting a license and
0: you know that's kind of why i
2: started a journey about eight years ago of kind of learning about different municipalities and how to go about um at that point in time i'm not sure if they were they were called host community agreements they referred to as something else but I started to, uh, you know, study the law and, 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 you know, how to go about getting um, licensed and getting authorized in cities and states. And then had the opportunity to kind of study companies in Colorado. And um, and then uh, wasn't until about three years after that, I actually started, um, I created DIA. And we went through the process in Worcester to get a license. And, you know, we were fortunate in getting approved for a host community agreement there. Um, and then, you know, I had a buddy who actually, he um one night he was actually drinking at the cask and Flag and speaking with one of the bartenders um and the bartender mentioned to him hey you know we have this location in the basement that people don't really know about it um unless you it used to actually be a, for, a former golds gym and he said you know this would make a, an incredible dispensary um, um do you know anyone who might be interested um and so he introduced me to the owners of the Casco flagging and then from there we we uh we went through the process in boston of getting um a license and that was about a three-year process um but anyways fast forward i was able to connect with the folks that um um at valiant and um we're hoping to be open uh as soon as possible but most likely um we're looking at march if we can go through the ccc process and overcome a couple hurdles here and there um but shooting for the beginning of the baseball
1: season to have our doors open yeah plan is to hit opening day that's uh that's the goal
0: well that's great and uh hopefully we'll have some good uh good some some good red sox players to sign before then but uh you know, it, I have to ask you about being an accountant. I mean, some people would think, wow, an accountant in the cannabis industry. Do you think it was a benefit for you? Um, <sighs> yeah, well, I think in any business it is,
2: right? Not just the cannabis industry, right. it's so any business. So it definitely provided a lot of fundamentals yeah. and kind of a, a sound, um, uh, a sound uh, platform, if you would. But well, as you know, the canvas industry is so unpredictable. There's so many different, you can't go to traditional banking. You, there's so many different things that are, you know, new and you kind of have to just learn on the fly that it's a, it's, it's a, a different kind of beast, if you would.
0: And you've also uh, had some interesting other positions and you've won some awards as well, correct?
2: Yeah, so also, you know, one of the things I should have started. So I think what's unique about us in Udia is that we, we really approach the cannabis industry grassroots, right? So um, the first dispensary that we opened up in Worcester was right around the block from where I grew up. We're uh, one of the few economic empowerment applicants in the state. Um, We're of the few minority owned businesses in the state in the cannabis industry. Um, And then, you know, from our standpoint, it's something that folks have recognized us as being able to, you know, compete and actually go up against a lot of these large MSOs, MSOs, or folks that are familiar, familiar, multi-state operators. Um, We've had the opportunity in some cases to partner with them, but in a lot of cases be able to remain independent. Um, So that's, it's definitely um, unique in this space.
1: Can you tell us a little bit more about the uh, the process from your economic empowerment situation, a minority-owned business? Um, the majority of our clients, we uh, have a huge respect for the community and trying to make sure that everybody is successful in this business. But uh, they're as easy as they make it sound with the cannabis side of it, and and, and then the the regulations. Uh, uh, from we understand, there's a lot of challenges. Do you mind just um, kind of go through the the challenges that you faced?
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, so one of the first, one of the best things the state did, and, and we're starting to see this happen in um, New Jersey, New York, um, just about any other state that comes on board is they have specific programs that are tailored to helping folks that come from disadvantaged neighborhoods or minorities or women, people that traditionally, um, you know, don't have access to a significant amount of capital or don't have access to, you know, a lot of different of the um, business resources that other you know, well-established companies or entities may have, they said they established these programs to allow them to get an opportunity in this industry. And Massachusetts um, created the economic empowerment program. Um, this was in 2018. Um, you were able to apply for this program where if you met certain criteria based on you know, your income, um, you know, demographic of where you lived, and also what um, what you intended to do when you were open in terms of the, the types of people you were looking to hire. Um, in our particular case, we met those criteria. And this is back in 2018. Uh, we were certified as economic empowerment and what it allows you to do is to go through the process with the CCC, um, the cannabis control commission in more of a streamlined fashion. I say streamlined because nothing really is streamlined. Um, but it gives you priority if you would. Um, and so our particular case, um, it has been somewhat beneficial when we go through the CCC process, um, because it allows us to skip the line, if you would. And for us, it's really the core of what we do because. Um, we look to hire and empower a lot of folks that um, traditionally, you know, um, would be looked over in the industry. So we, we do hire folks that have um, marijuana related quarries. Uh, we hire folks that are, you know, really embedded in the community. And, and we try to uh, uplift people and really give them the tools and resources, not just to come in and get their foot in the door, but also promote them and put them in positions of supervisor and managers. Um, it's what we've done here in Worcester and what we tend to do in Boston
0: so ross uh I hate to put you on the spot,
2: but it's that time
0: of year uh let's let's pretend it's January two thousand twenty four you know the world has changed so much last year, the year before. what can people expect in the cannabis industry in the next year um I mean, yeah, this next year it's um it's going to be hard well one thing we do
2: know is we're going to see other states come on board right so we're going to see a vastly larger industry um in terms of states that have opened their doors so um new york just had the first recreational sale a few weeks ago or maybe even last week um new jersey is coming on strong connecticut i believe they're opening their doors next week um and then we're going to see other states that continue to um open up their doors um, I know Florida is another big one that has uh, it might not be 2024 but there's gonna be a huge campaign over the next year um, to get recreation on on um, those regulations moved um, Georgia. Um, but I would say also what we're also going to see is we're going to see a lot of consolidation. Um, we're starting to see obviously just given just the financial times of what we're seeing, a lot of folks are talking. You know, it's it's a tough time in terms of what we're seeing with inflation. So um, we're going to have to see a lot of businesses. You know, boil down to the fundamentals, and I think it's really going to come down to you know strong operations, great locations, and having a strong team. Um, and for the most part, you know, hopefully you know Massachusetts continues to remain strong. But I think. Um, we're definitely gonna see a lot of consolidation and a lot of um more of uh cannabis cannabis being more of um no, not I wanna say not newsworthy, but it's gonna be p- part of our everyday lives as it should be. Um, and less of the kind of the headlines that it's been over the last three, four years.
0: Right. Well, that's all very interesting. And uh, you know, it's funny how time flies when we're doing these interviews. Uh completely cannabis show, uh, sponsored by Valiant. And if somebody's looking for you and your outlets. How would they find you?
2: Um, well, nudia.co is uh, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook. Um, obviously, if you ever go into a Red Sox game, all you got to do is turn on Lansdowne, and you'll see a big sign there soon. Right now, you'll see the, the beautiful Valiant sign, but um, you know, it'll be smack down right down Lansdowne Street. Um, so definitely check us out if you ever go into a concert or a Red Sox game. Um, and then also uh, social media and our website, www.nudia.co.
0: Too bad it wasn't there for the uh, the hockey game.
2: I know. (laughs) That
0: was quite a hot. I like watching those outdoor hockey games. And uh, Chris, if somebody's looking for Valiant, how would they find Valiant? Because you've got your finger on everybody.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Same uh, website, www.valiant-america.com, or you can always call my cell phone as direct resource, 617-462-7895 call me anytime.
0: I, I, I don't want to underestimate Valiant for our listeners. They are the creator of the Completely Cannabis show. And they're the one that keeps streaming all this new information on cannabis and continue to do that for this whole year coming up. So we want to thank Valiant for that very valuable information. Remind everybody, this is Radio Entrepreneurs. My name is Jeffrey Davis, and we'll be back with more stories.